maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. CTE teachers, we know how important it is to increase our enrollment so that we have students sign up for the following year. I was on Instagram the other day and someone's quote had popped up on my screen and it said, before you master teaching the content, you need to master teaching children. So it stuck out to me because We are always so concerned with our content, especially with CTE, just because we're learning so much all the time. Our content may be changing all the time, but we really need to focus on learning how to teach children. So we just started a middle school or our school moved from like a seven, eight, nine schedule to a six, seven schedule. And so we had read a book and I've read a few books since then, kind of about the middle school age. And even if you're teaching high school, this can still apply. But the idea, the basic idea is that everyone wants to be liked and feel some sort of acceptance. So you want to create some sort of atmosphere, some community in your class that has students feel like they're liked. Unfortunately, uh, in my current role as an administrator, I get to escort children out of classrooms a lot as far as an admin removal. And I usually talk to the student as I'm walking them to the office, asking them what was going on. And typically with the teachers who had the most issues in classroom management with these students, the students would tell me that they thought their teacher hated them or they didn't like them. They didn't see anything, had nothing to do with like the actual content they were teaching, but it was all about the relationship. So I felt like this was a good topic to talk about for this week because I have been able to incorporate student conferences into my classroom that I think you can do in your CDE classroom as well. So I first heard about student conferences in the book Hacking Assessment. And the idea behind it, where I first got introduced, is it was talking about student reported grading. And so how you have to have students report their grades, one of the methods is to have like sit down at a conference and kind of interview them. So I thought, hey, that's a great idea. But part of the the way to get this to actually be successful is you need to talk to them more than just once. So you've got to have frequent conferences so that you can kind of gauge where they're going. There are several great things about student conferences. First off is you do get to know your students one-on-one. You can ask them questions. You can find out how they're doing as kind of like a formative assessment, what's working, what's not working. But the other thing that I didn't realize was going to be a added bonus for student conferences is that if I was having a discipline problem with any of my students, I could confront them in that student conference and 
it was great because nobody knew that I was confronting them. No one knew that I was asking those questions. And my students who liked to act out so that they would get the attention of being sent out of the room, or if I were to say something like, hey, we'll talk after class, it was removed because I was meeting with them so frequently that I would bring those things up. And so those students stopped seeking attention during class because there was no attention to be sought after. I hope that makes sense. Um, So I kind of want to give you some ideas with student conferences. So when I was in my class, how I did it is I would have students come out one-on-one and it would take several days. So you do have to plan your time because you are spending probably five, maybe even a little bit longer with every student, depending on how many questions that you're asking them. At the beginning of the year, it might just be get to know you. What are you excited about this class? What are your expectations? It could be things like that. And know that the first time you do this, students are going to be very uncomfortable because they are not used to talking to adults like that. Even my high school students had a really hard time with eye contact, uh, but they got better. So you've got to have something for the rest of your class to do. So make sure that you plan adequate time that way. So that is how, that was one way that I had implemented it. Now my husband, we had started talking more about it and he was having a lot of discipline problems and he teaches welding. Um, So stereotypically, he does get a rougher crowd than I had with my engineering students. And so we had lots of conversations about building relationships with these students. So he started actually doing every time a student would come and pass off a weld, which was usually like once or twice a week, he would ask them a question. So as he's in the shop, the kids would come up and he would ask them a question and he would ask just one question a day. And sometimes they were really simple, like what's your favorite band? What's your favorite TV show? And get the students more comfortable. And then when he went to online with COVID, he actually did the same thing with Flipgrid. And when he did use Flipgrid, he also made a point to respond to each of the students so that it wasn't just like a one-way conversation or he asked a question and then they all answered it. He actually went through because we are kind of missing that conversational piece. So if you do do this digitally, make sure that you're able to respond back because that's what's going to help build your your conversational skills. Now, I do want to give you a couple of other insights to help you better with your student conferences. So Jim Knight has a book called Better Conversations. And the idea behind it is that it gives you a bunch of different strategies on how to improve your conversations. And something that really hit me was about improving listening skills. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm having a conversation with someone else, I'm listening to them, but I'm actually formulating what I'm going to say in response, which really means you're not actually listening. So one of the challenges that he has is you actually sit there and you listen and you try to keep your mind clear and only listen to what they're saying. Don't worry about responding because then you are truly actively listening. And it's okay 
as well, when we ask students questions in class, the idea behind wait time works for us in letting them formulate their answers. So it can work for us as we were having a conversation. So don't be afraid of pausing after they're done speaking and after you're done listening and then at that point formulate your response so you can check out that book it's really helpful I'll link it in the show notes um, as well as hacking assessment Um, and then another book that I read which was more business related not so much education related but there's a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And he is actually a negotiator for hostages. And so there's different strategies in there on how to negotiate. But one of the things that he teaches is this idea of mirroring so that you are expressing empathy with someone else. So if a student says something to you, you repeat back what they say, like the last few words. So if they are saying, hey, I'm really frustrated because I feel like I'm doing all of the work in for my group. You say, oh, you're doing all the work for your group. And then they usually expand. And so it usually calms them down, especially if you're having some sort of like confrontation. But it's it's showing them and letting them know that you are actually listening because you're repeating back what they're saying. So that also kind of helps with that improving your listening skills because you're not so concerned about your response. You're just reiterating what they last said. And then normally they expand and they kind of go a little bit deeper and they explain, especially if they're having an issue with thoughts or feelings. Finally, I want to give you some ideas of possibly some questions that you can ask. So I had already mentioned before how you can ask formative assessment questions. How is the class going? How did you feel like this last assignment went or this last project went? How do you feel like you're learning? Where do you feel like you are? Do you feel like you're being successful? Do you feel like you're proficient? You could ask those kind of questions. And then like Jared does in his classroom, you can do basic getting to know you questions. And then another question that kind of has to go with going getting to know you is asking them something that you may not know about them that's not school related. Um, Another perk to this is with this questioning is the idea of you are knowing where your students are and where they're coming from. And when you create future lessons, future projects, you can actually tap into those things that those students are interested in because you actually know what they do. If you've got half of your students that are skateboarders, then you can actually relate it to that. You can incorporate various things that they're actually doing, finding out who plays an instrument, who has a job, who doesn't, then you can kind of get idea and help them relate what you're teaching to their classes. So that's it for today. If you want to continue the conversation, make sure you check out our Facebook group. So the On Your Prep podcast community is on Facebook. You can sign up to join there. And then also remember to rate, subscribe, and then share it with any of your other CTE friends. Have a great day.